So let me go ahead and get started. I am really excited about uh, being able to do this webinar today. I think um, dealing with our CRM is is a um, is a boring at best subject. Joe Buffington, I don't know how you feel about it, but when we start talking about CRM, especially if we're talking about it from my perspective, meaning how do I use it, you know, there is a chance I could go to sleep as we start that conversation because that's not my that's not my wheelhouse. And so we've got an, an exceptional uh, um, speaker here today. We've got Joe Peoples, who is a master coach for Workman Success Systems. I've known Joe for quite a number of years. He is a, a, a consistent learner. He is all about growth and development. He's trying to do that for himself, and he's trying to do that for people around him. You have two people from the East Coast. Uh, Joe is a sales manager for a a fairly prominent brand in the state of Michigan, and I am a team leader uh, for a team here in the state of Georgia. We are both master coaches, and our goal is really to teach you what you need to learn in order to master your CRM. I want to encourage all of you to stay on until the end. We've got some free resources, and these are resources that you can't get anywhere else, meaning they really don't exist uh, anywhere else, so you definitely want to stay on for that so you can get those resources. And Joe, I will uh, turn it over to you, and I'll be sharing my screen and stopping sharing and, and just trying to make it as interesting as possible, but I think we want to talk about mindset to get us started. I, I mean, mindset's the real deal. Um, you know, I've shared this with you a little bit before, but every year as the year concludes, I always go through this process of like just reviewing the notes I've taken. And I had this, I had this event happen. Uh, I opened up my jan journal for January and it had a list of things that, uh, that uh, I wanted that I was complaining about. That was just the gist of it. I was just basically complaining. And I reflected in the moment where I was at that time. And I was still complaining about the same thing. From <laughs> last year. Things yeah. that From last year. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how the heck did I go all year? And it appears I spent no time resolving it. Uh, it was a serious gut check for me, uh, you know, because, you know, your attitude is going to determine the outcome. And, and why, why I bring it up, I said, you know, this just needs to be different. And that's part of the reason when I saw you, Cleve, I said, oh, yeah, I, I'm doing next year different. I'm, I'm going to spend more time with the people and engage with the people that I feel like are going to help me avoid having a, you've, you've heard this phrase, stinking thinking. Right. Stinking thinking. You know, what was going on is there was some entitlement I had expected the world to deliver me. And who's ever had that experience? The world is just not on the same page with you. I mean, that was that was the gist of it. The world wasn't on the same page. And I had to take a close look at some things. One, one thing, ah, I don't, okay, I'm going to say it. It's got to be vulnerable. I did not have the year I expected in a number of areas. Recruiting, uh, profit, income, they were all down. And I really believe at the end of the day, it was related to holding on to this stinking thinking, distracted by the things I was complaining about, and unfortunately not really making progress on it. I mean, that that was a deal. And so when I came across, I said, we're going to do things different this year. And I have to look at my schedule, like, how can I do it differently? And I came, I put a lot of time into looking at different strategies for leveraging the CRM and engaging with the, the right people all the time. So that when I get to the end of 2024, you know what I want to have 2024 be, Cleve? What? Best year ever. 
I love that. I love that. I want to say welcome to, to Rui. I haven't seen you in quite some time. Good to see you, sir. Roberta, Samuel, Bill, Mike, thanks to all of you for turning on your video. We appreciate you being here. Let's all go to our chat box, if you don't mind, and put in something that you have been thinking about using your CRM that has been holding you back. What is something that you've you've thought recently or you've always thought about a CRM that has held you back in terms of being able to make the most of your CRM and really put your business on autopilot. We've got, oh, Kristen's held back by setting up campaigns and auto messages. And I, and I would imagine that the way you're thinking is that that takes too much effort or too much trouble. I don't know that that's, that's correct. Creative campaigns, implementing plans and campaigns. I love these things. Keep going. If you're on, make sure you give us. Kristen Downing says, yep, you got it. Yep. Time management and personal focus. Don't have the time. That's one of my biggest deals. I would do it, but I don't have the time. Cleaning up the database, sticking to a time slot for lead generation. That's huge. Uh, oh, I, as a company, uh, as a realtor, your company keeps changing uh, and, and from product to product, and that can be frustrating. And, and I wish I had an answer for that, but I don't necessarily have a great answer for that. But we got to what it is that we're working on. I use my CRM to the extreme, but my downfall is making calls. I hate that, Lee. Thanks for uh, thanks for being honest there. Let me share my screen again, Joe, and then I'll flip it back over to you again. So here's some of the reasons that you and I came up with uh, that yeah. people don't use their CRM. Yeah, I mean the 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 idea around no time, um, you know, it it is the thought it doesn't help you, right? Okay, here are this. Uh, the CRM is not magic. The CRM is not magic. You're the magic, and the magic of the CRM working is is really just spending some simple time with it, but not dynamic. Not it's not magical. Now it's uh, like when I think of clients who struggle with CRM, and I've heard I heard these things being said. When you over, um, when you make it more complex than it needs to be. So when we think about our CRM, what do we really just want it to do, right? Because if you think the CRM is just supposed to automate our task in such a, automate the things we do in such a way that we get to just engage with the people in our database. You know, when we think of like our number one strategy, top 50, um, we need our, our CRM to help us leverage the activities to just stay connected with the people closest to it. Um, what's the number one thing we can do to build trust with anyone? Oh, oh, that's right. ABC is a lead follow-up, follow-up and follow-through. I mean, that's just the, that's the short end of it. <clears throat> but if we're distracted with the wrong mindset, if we're trying to pursue perfection with our database, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, what do you say, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Is there another cool Southern <laughs> expression of, no, that's a good one. That that is an that is an absolute good one. Um, uh, Lee Edwards' uh, comment uh, uh, really made me feel for Lee. It says, "I use my CRM to the extreme, but my downfall is making calls. I hate it." And and I, I just was like, "Oh, I wish it was the opposite of that. I wish we had figured out how to make all those phone calls, and then." Uh, we became a master of our CRM because the reality is, is that if you want to wake up relationships in your database, we've got to get comfortable uh, at making phone calls, even to those people that we uh, we're not comfortable calling. And one of the things that Joe is going to do is he's going to help us. It's not going to be a broad understanding of, look, this is how you do your action plans. This is how it all works. It's going to be 
really of, of, of in-depth discussion of how do you add people to your database in a significant way that allows you to grow your level of influence in your market area. Give me a thumbs up if you'd like to have a little more influence in your market area. That's everybody on there. Everybody except Anthony. Anthony doesn't seem to want any. There he goes. Anthony wants to influence as well. So I'm just I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Okay, so let me jump back into the the uh, presentation here. I know Joe, you want to talk just a little bit about uh, kind of how things started for you. Kind of you know who who is Joe and how does Joe relate to um, a using a CRM? Oh well, how I relate to using a CRM bank slave is. I'm a I'm a high D high I I have zero C and zero I I mean like I'm I'm all like I want to do it let's have some fun lots of energy and managing a, a database is not that thing uh, when I really look at how I've done it for years uh, my, my database is not beautiful it is not perfect matter of fact it is a work in start over it would appears all the time um, but one of my favorite things to say is like, you know, some goals are worth pursuing if you never achieve them. And so the idea of just having some semblance of how our database is structured and just pursuing it independent of your own habits, you want to do that. Um, we coach a lot around leverage and, and using other people. And Clee, one of the things I did this year, again, is uh, we're, we're transitioning from uh, Realvolve into KV Core. And I just took the time to make a list of what the tags are, who the people were. I gave my admin staff access to my, my database for uh, Gmail and uh, just said, hey, connect the two. And uh, I, I leveraged my high D and uh, to, to my high Cs and uh, my database is coming together. But, but my story is it's been a struggle all the time to have a perfect database. And the reality is, you know, who cares if it's perfect? But, you know, what we really want are those key relationships to stay in front of. Um, I, I was, uh, I have a client, uh, Daryl Bailey, he's a coaching client of ours. The, the, he's an amazing investor. Uh, he puts a lot of effort into uh, a lot of high volume lead gen systems. And he shared with me the other day that he has 70,000 people in his database. Wow. 70,000. And he's using an amazing tool. But let, let's let's get our mind around this. Like seventy thousand is more leads than any more contacts than that person can that can connect with. And we've talked about me reading. Like my goal is to not be a professor, just to be a person here. But man, there is a lot of great science around the number of relationships we can have. I'm not gonna go into it. But seventy thousand is significantly greater than what we can engage with. And so when we look at our CRM and we want to be really focused. Um, this point over here, focus on uh, quantity, focus on quality versus quantity. And, and what's really important with this is if you just really think back about the people who've had the greatest impact, you know, has it been a quantity of people or could you just identify like a couple people? Like just really just think of that. Like I, I look at my own life, you know, put in the chat and go like, okay, who's one or two relationships that you go, because that person came in my life, I am X amount better. Or I had a significantly more. Let's put something in the chat there because that's this is an important part of what we're trying to do with you know revolutionizing our database. We, we, we're okay. leveraging automation. Yes. So Joe, you're asking them to go to the chat box and basically say yes. I've put I have people in my database that have had a significant 
<laughs> impact on my business or no, I haven't. Is that correct? Is that what you're oh, looking just for? Yes. Yeah. Like who, like, like I've had a person and this person's impact was X. You know, I, I'd love to see that, like the impact of an individual, of one relationship, uh, because what I want to put an emphasis on here is that it is really the quality, the quality of the relationships you add to the database that that's going to quadruple your opportunities. I love that. Lisa says one client is probably half of her business. I think that's amazing. And Ted, you've asked if this will be available on replay, we'll email everything out to uh, everybody who signed up for it and all the attendees when it's all done. Uh, Mark Sign says he has several who regularly send him referrals. And I think that's an important thing. I love that. Anybody else? I probably get four or five referrals from each of my clients are always amazing. I love this. So everybody has, it seems like most of us have some people in our database that have had an oversized impact on our business. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, every shoe is not the same, you know, even if they come from the same shoe store. Yeah. Uh, the idea is we, we've got to try on some different things, uh, but we get, we want to curate. You know, I think that's a good phrase to use, but damn, it's a big word. Uh, we want to be intentional. Uh, we want to be on purpose. We want to be, you know, really focused on like what relationship would, can we add to our database or do we have? And, and we want those identified easily and clearly in our database, in our CRM tool. You're gonna say I love that. Joe, we've gotten a question from Lorraine. Uh, it says our entire office is struggling with the KV Core platform. Do you think it's better to struggle through that or just work a database that works for you? And uh, I will tell you that my answer, and I'll let Joe answer after this, is that it's better to struggle through it. Yeah. You, you, you can master anything if you spend enough time doing it. And it doesn't really matter whether it has all the bells and whistles or everything's easy. It matters that you stick with it and you use it. And then Stephanie, you have a, uh, I mean, uh, Lorraine, you have an offer from Stephanie. Um, to help you with your KB, KB core implementation. I think that's fantastic. Joe, do you agree with my comment? I, I, I totally do. We we had the good fortune of switching up our MLS systems this year. And oh my, I, I manage an office with 40 agents in it. Our company's got 300. Our bigger company has 2,000. And people were losing their mind. And uh, the good news for being in business for 30 years almost, this is my third MLS change. And what I know happens is you it sucks because you don't know where the buttons are. But after you spend a few weeks training your eyeballs to go wherever they need to go, next thing you know, it becomes normal. So yeah, I would totally just write it out. Um, uh, just a shameless plug for KV Corey. I've used a lot of different CRM tools. None of them are perfect, but what a good solid foundational platform to kind of like execute lots of things off of it. Uh, they they do a real they do a really good job with that. So once, once you get to where you can master it, you'll have a lot more opportunities to use it uh, over some of the CRMs, I think is what Joe's trying to say. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I think as we move forward, we have to be aware of the things that we think that cause us not to do the things that we're supposed to do to grow our businesses. I think if I asked all of you, hey, are there some things in your personal relationships that you think that are probably causing you problems. I'm not going to ask that question, but I think the answer for from pretty much everybody would be, yes, there's some things that I think, and there's some things that other people that I'm in relationships with think 
that are causing us problems. So it's not unusual for us to be into relationships and not data. And we just don't care about data. And, and, and many of us are successful enough without using our CRM. And many of us think it's a set it and forget it deal where we just stick it out there. And, you know, the system does it all for me. And, and I will tell all of you on this session that there is no such thing, Cindy, as a, a, a set it and forget it. You just put it up there and the system does all the communication for you. It has to have Cindy Bunches special touch on it in order for it to really work. So it's a matter of setting up the system to remind you to do the things that you need to do, but it's really about you doing the things you need to do. And then where we're going deeply, Anthony, and this one is, is on quant, uh, quality over quantity. Uh, if you're anything like me, I think having a database of 25,000 is like at least twice as good as having a database of half that much. And the reality is, is that's not necessarily true, Megan. The reality is it could be that if we had the right hundred people on our database, everything would work. And if you're anything like me, you enjoy your freedom. And when I say enjoy your freedom, um, I, I'm going to tell you a little something that I say to myself to remind myself that sometimes freedom is not my friend. Freedom gives me places to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I ask myself, and Megan Johnson just did this. She, I get you, but it, it is so powerful because nobody's watching what I'm doing. I can get by with doing things that don't really help me get to where I'm going. And uh, as long as you don't mind, Megan, I won't give you a list of all of those things. So I don't fully embarrass myself on today's call, but we all have the same problem. We all have the same exact problem. Yeah. But we have, a, you know, an opportunity to, to like, <laughs> When you look at your CRM, it is a living organism. It, it, it's something that requires attention, you know. I, I, and when when you don't give it attention, like if you have plants in your house, um, if you don't give them attention, what happens over time? You know, it's not going to be a good outcome. <clears throat> I think when I reflect, when I tell that story at the very beginning, like where my attitude was at the beginning of the year where I, I realized my attitude was at the end of the year, it was like, you know, had I spent more time with attention on my attitude, just, mm -hmm. you know, putting it in front of me daily, uh, there's a much better chance it could have been different. Um, there's some other elements to go into there. You know, when we're trying to balance this idea around, like the slide that's up there about daily discipline, I could go there, we could go there. When we're trying to balance this daily discipline. There's like two things we're trying to figure out, right? <clears throat> How many people know what to do? Show of hands, how many people know what to do? <clears throat> how many people always do everything that they know? Right, you know, if all we had to do is know, it would be so awesome. But we're always just trying to balance this sense of what we know and our feelings. And when our feelings don't match, we're gonna we're gonna lead around the feelings, right? Um, <clears throat> and so when we look at, uh, when I'm talking about revolutionizing your database and not focusing on quantity, because I'm gonna keep, I'm going to keep banging away at this. Um, the more intentional you are and consistent you are with staying with specific relationships with great intention. Like I would say the second most powerful program we have in our 12 key concepts, the second most powerful is going to be ABC's Elite Follow-Up. And, and the reason it's so powerful is because that's how you build trust. Uh, there is a quote um, from uh, Michael Port's book from Winston Churchill and the whole idea is how do you accomplish every, anything is one link of the chain at a time. You know, when you think about building trust, it happens one link at a time. You know, when we, when we follow, how many people had a follow up with someone for years and then magically they bought a house? Boom. 
that happens, you know. Yeah, I think of a story. Uh, I had a client. I showed them houses three different times. I don't know if this happened to you, but they bought with another agent three different times also. Randomly, I get this phone call and they call and they go, Joe, we feel awful, finally, that we bought three houses without you and never caused you to list the other ones. We just are going to sell our million dollar house and we decided it's your turn. It was one link of the chain. You never went, no one is to come back. But the whole idea of staying in touch and follow up, it just, it pays off, even though you don't know. I love that. And so, Joe, you mentioned that the ABCs of lead management were, was a real, real key for you. And I, I would assume that in addition to just having a system for categorizing everybody correctly, meaning are they a hot or do I need to not? have any follow-up because I've got an appointment with them? Are they a B? Are they ready to go in less than 90 days? Are they a C? Are they ready to go in more than 90 days? Just the act of getting them categorized correctly, excuse me, puts you in a position where you're a lot more likely to do what you know you need to do, which is what's creating trust all along. Right. Yeah. I'm saying basically the act of follow-up creates trust. Whether, whether you get the opportunity or not, the, the, the act of doing it is putting you in the opportunity box and, and being committed to that. So when we're looking at work in our database and going like, what do we have time for? We need time for identifying our best relationships and we need time for like committing to follow up. And just like Cleve said at the beginning, uh, unfortunately, there really isn't like someone with electric shock treatment standing right next to you, making sure you take that action. Um, when I think about getting up this morning to work out, Every day I have this plan that the alarm's going to go off at 5 a.m. And by 5.30, I'm going to walk all the way downstairs to my gym in the basement and be started. And somehow I managed to do a, a number of other things. And I'm usually there between 5.45 and 6. You know, it's the idea is that it's really up to you to be intentional about it. And um, and I'm bringing it to the surface that like the, that follow up is is the magic for our database, but it's not about the quantity. It, it's about being committed to some some small but specific activities, and those things revolutionize your your database. I mean, I asked that question at the beginning. Think of one relationship that has been tremendously impactful, right? And uh, I did a talk to earlier today on the workbook eighty six fifty one, right? And then they talk about the lifetime value of a customer and it's totally validated in our chat. Like, oh yeah, that's right. There are people who are tremendous value for us and how we extract that value is being really good with follow-up and being able to leverage our CRM to be ensure we stick with the plan that just makes it easy. And you know, what is, what is so frustrating uh, for me? I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but you're saying that the act of being disciplined on a daily basis is what leads to success. The problem is, is me being disciplined today doesn't feel like to me that it is the real key to me being successful because today I'm only yeah. doing the activities that I'm supposed to do today, but the yeah. compounding power of doing the right things every day over time, that's what makes the difference. And so sometimes Roberta, we have to understand that even though what we do today seems meaningless in the whole scope of things, it is, as Joe said, a link in that chain. Yeah. yeah. So the, other, the other part, Cleve, I was thinking is, okay, 
let's throw this P word out the window and it's multiple syllables, perfection. Who cares about perfection? The, the, the only thing I think about the matrix when Nemo is in the matrix learning how to fight, you know, and he keeps failing and uh, the guy goes, begin again. You know, what really matters is you know to go back to this pattern and begin again. And the other part that we know, we won't cover it today, is like, okay, if you're tracking your activity and trying to pay attention to how frequently you're doing it, some people might need to do it 100% to get results. Somebody, I don't know who you are, lucky you, might only need to execute at 25%. So it's not about perfection, but it's it's like figuring out like what's the rhythm for you to get where you want to go, you know? And so when I think about this whole idea, I'm going to say it again, quality, it, your ability to know the quality relationships, the quality activity that you do with your CRM to bring out value is important. It, the only way you get to know that is by uh, doing this thing that Burl says to me, but Joe, but Joe, how do you do it? You know, because it's the it's the doing it, the embodiment, the the exercise of being frustrated, uh, disappointed, uh, seeing it sloppy. That's where all the opportunity is. So I know we've spent a good bit of time on, hey, here's the ways we think that are causing us problems. But in many cases, if we can't get over the thinking that causes us not to do the things that we need to do, we have a very difficult time solving our problem. And so takeaways I want you to remember from this first section is, number one, we all have ways of thinking that are detrimental to our lives, to our personal lives, to our physical fitness, to our spiritual lives, if we have one. We all have ways of thinking that are detrimental to us, and we need to learn how to not listen to those. This webinar today is not really about that, but it's about being aware of just because I think something doesn't mean that's the way it is. And so we all need to be aware as we move forward. Here's how I have a tendency to think. And here's what I need to think that is different. And Joe, I need to recognize that doing things right just one day is enough for today. And doing oh. things tomorrow is enough for tomorrow. I know these are not new concepts for anybody who's on here. We all know this stuff. The problem yeah. is that we don't really live that way, meaning we know it. We just live differently than that. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we use this word, you know. I was thinking about it. Well, I know what this is. And what we've got to do is get out of our head this phrase and get in your body. It's like, hear the conversation. Recognize the conversation is not going to get the thing done. Put your body where it needs to be so there's a chance that you could take the action. Because if we just stay in our thinking... Our thinking is going to keep us doing this, doing the same activity. You know, when I reflect on, on you know, talking to you, Cleve, about us doing some work together, uh, the the whole point was, oh yeah, if I just keep doing things comfortably, I'm not going to get this next level of of of, of growth or skill set. Uh, I'm going to be stuck in the same thinking. So we had to take some kind of action. You have to you have to do the opposite of what you're thinking, and often you need to do differently than you're feeling uh, and it's that's not about mindset it's about do set there we go i like that and i and I, you use the word often and i know it's not appropriate to use the word always but i would say always meaning we don't 
almost always we need to do something different than the way we're thinking. One of the things that came up as we were discussing to prepare for this is your concept or belief that creating relationships, especially initially, and this is if a lead comes in, those of you who are team leaders who are on listening today, uh, if you wonder why your agents can't get more traction with converting leads, it's because they don't understand this very, very important concept. And getting people to get in flow with you and to be able to build a relationship with them is a two-step process. So talk to us a little bit about that, Joe. Oh, oh yeah. It's uh, the, the, here's the thing. You know, uh, if you have a if you receive a lead from a high high volume lead gen thing, you know, a, a boom town or something like that, um, you discover like we just discovered here in our, our community, uh, one of the uh, managers from one of our competing brokers. Uh, he was just uh, laid off. Um, I, I think it was fired, but the word was used laid off. And this created an opportunity for, for what we would say disruption. And so if you're recruiting, you want to jump all over that. However, if you haven't been doing the two-step, you're going to be uh, coming in at the back end of this. And so this two-step idea is really you've got to be providing value for someone in advance of them having a need. I think, uh, remember when we had COVID happen and, and Verl got us on our calls and he says, hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna provide value without any request for, for you know, an exchange. You know, what was the value before opportunity? But there was just gonna be value. And the two-step is really just about that, providing value to people. And, and I described on the call earlier today, there's three ways we provide value. We provide value with sharing our network, we provide value by sharing what we know, and we provide value by showing that we care. And let me let me let me let me jump in here for just one second. This is such an important thing, Stephanie Hostet uh, Stet Stetter. Am I saying that correctly? You're in Whistler. I love that. Can you can you unmute? Are you able to unmute? Or are you in the middle of something? No, I'm able to unmute. Okay. Oh, excellent! By the way, I've been to Whistler, skied Whistler and Blackcomb. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice. We got a huge um, snow dump yesterday, so the village is vibing. Everybody's happy. Everybody's skiing. I love that. Let's take Joe's principle of things. Thank you for, and I need to get my butt back up there. It's been years since I've been up there skiing. Um, let's take the concept Joe just said of look, creating these relationships is a two-step in the first place. You have to give them value, you have to give them service, and then they have to respond to you. Now, let's just take your agents, I don't know what your position is, but let's say you take your agents who are receiving online leads. How do they look at, at establishing that relationship differently than what Joe is saying, than how Joe is saying we should? So I think it's really interesting. It depends on the agent. We have a lot of agents. We have a lot of very skilled agents. And then we have some new agents who are learning. And then we have sort of, you know, retiring ski bum agents. It, it, we have such a vast array of agents. I manage the company. So um, I see everybody and we always do business planning sessions and all that. Some agents are very, very good at continuing to provide value. I don't know that anybody's ever broken it down into the two steps, which I love. Um, but as you were talking about that, I was thinking, okay, I've planned out our KV core training sessions for the first five months of the year. And how can we build that into our KV core training sessions? Um, how can we build in, okay, provide value, something of value to get the leads in and then continue to provide value after that uh, is sort of where I'm, 
I'm thinking now in how to train the agents. And so let me let me uh, add to what you're saying, and then you correct me, by the way, if this is incorrect for you. Um, agents receive a lead. The lead says, I'd look, I'd like to buy a house. And the reality is they saw a house that looked like their grandmother's house on Facebook and they clicked on it and put their information in because they wanted to see the inside. And your agent thinks that the value they're going to provide is to take that person and get them into homes. The problem is, is that the prospect on the other end of the text message or the email or the phone call does not see that as value. No. And so that's where we get off track is that we think the value we provide is being able to show them homes or being able to list them home, home, list their homes. But early in the process, the value we provide them is probably something very, very different. And so instead of agents thinking I've got a lead, they want to see a house. If they call to see where somebody is in the process and then provided them items of value, here's what's happening with interest rates. Here's what's going on with inventory. Here's what's going on with laws in Canada that are affecting our real estate market, whatever it is, you'd be surprised at how much more they need. So before I turn it back over to Joe, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. We think in real estate, and most of our agents think, and Roberta Voss, you tell me if you agree or disagree, we think that we are going to outsmart or outskill set all of the other people in our industry and our prospects, and we're going to convince them to work with us <laughs> by the fancy stuff we do. Yeah. The reality is anytime I make a follow-up phone call, Rui, and this would be to you as well, if I made a follow-up call and I'm a real estate agent, I want you to remember my name. I want you to remember the fact that I'm in real estate and it would just delight me to no end if you would remember how to contact me when you needed me. Okay. And if you take Stephanie and you probably do this already, you, you, you seem like you're so on top of it, you're probably already a master at it. But if you just make sure your agents understand that, you just have to make sure they don't forget you. And the best way to do that is to provide them something of value that makes them go, dang, Stephanie called again. Now she's sending me a chart on something. It's so interesting, honey. Let me show this to you. That's all we want to happen. We're spoiled because we live in a resort. So we can send things like restaurant recommendations. We can do all sorts of great stuff. That's, that's uh, you know, when are you coming up next to visit? Um but there's a great guy, if you don't mind me saying, there's a great realtor in Washington, D.C. who started this on TikTok. Just little interesting things he found in different historical homes there. And that's where I took the idea from. Every place is interesting. And you guys know all that about your places, right? And, so, we, and we can it's, all it's do awesome. it. We can all do that stuff. In Atlanta, we focus on things you should know about Atlanta, but probably don't. Like, for example, we have the largest computer museum in the world right here in Metro Atlanta. I wouldn't have known that. And people we tell that to, they remember because they they appreciate the information we're giving them. Um, we just got a quick question from uh, Emma. How do you feel about inside sales agents? I've had an ISA in my business for 11 or 12 years, and I can't imagine running a business without an ISA. I will tell you, though, getting a successful ISA is a four, five, or six to one deal meaning you're going to have to try four, five, or six of them before you find one that's any good because it takes somebody who is wired up with a very specific personality type in order to do that. Joe, let me flip it back to you, sir. You know, I, I love the conversation going there. When we think about what inside sales people do versus mm -hmm. 
what we're doing to revolutionize our database. Those are two separate things. Uh, I said, like, we have to have a dialectic, sorry, I'm using a big word, dialectic perspective. Sometimes two truths exist side by side. And the role of the inside salesperson is not the same role that I'm discussing here. What I'm talking about today are the people that you're going to be intentionally reaching out to add to your database. And so we have to play on two playgrounds all the time. And if you're lucky enough and you have an ISA, that is going to be awesome for doing one type of database cultivating. Uh, what just came to my mind, Cleve, is the most important thing you can do on the front end of reaching out with people you don't know is you need to establish context. And the context I'm thinking about is like, at this point, what level of trust have I actually earned? And so when your people, uh, an inside salesperson is following up right away, you're earning the trust of responsiveness, you know? And if we start thinking about levels of trust where we are and make our offers match, much better. Um, this next thing though, I'm trying to say around revolutionizing your database, and, and you had the slide up there, it's like, who are the 20 people you want to be intentional about adding to your database? Who are the 20 people? You know, begin the year, begin every week, begin every month thinking, who is it that I know specifically I need to add? And that could be a professional relationship or that could be someone you want to deliver service to. It could be either way. But the idea of making that decision intentionally, that doesn't mean you aren't having a high volume lead gen going out. You're still running your ads. Hey, on some other video or some other webinar, we'll talk about getting people in the top of your funnel. Like, what's the thing? Like, uh, this, like, what's the thing we're going to do to put people in the top? Because what they call that is staying in touch. It's the staying in touch process. That's what we're doing until they give us permission to move to the next step and the next step. But this is about being intentional about 20 people to add. And, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say a little more is inventory. Would you say it's still low in some places? Yep. Interest rates are high. Inventory is low. Guess what market this still is? Who you know. If you want to be the first one in, that person needs to know, like, and trust you. And so when I'm talking about this, I did this direct outreach strategy of identify 20 people you want to add to your database. Now we're playing another game. And I'm sorry, you can't play just one game. Right? You think about our think about your body. How many lungs you got? Two. How many kidneys you got? Two. Right? How many hands you got? Oh, two. Like we have to do more than one thing to be successful, just like our body's like a like a mirror of it. And so when we, we're looking at revolutionizing our database, I want to say, here's the thing that could say, who are the 20 people that you could get in your database in 2024 so you could have the best year ever that you believe it revolutionized? who would take it to the next level. When we coach top 50, you know, what we're looking for are people who would be multiple referral partners. If you can identify professionals that you don't know, people who own a specific house, friends with specific people, and put them on a list and go, you know what? I need a strategy to get to know them. And that's part of this whole idea of, you know, and Cleve, you put up the other, that slide that, um, ready, aim, fire, um, that's what we're, oh, is that what it says? No, you switched it. It's not fire, aim, ready. <clears throat> it's ready, aim, fire. Um, there are some things we need to do that way, and high-volume marketing is fire, aim, ready. But when we're looking at uh, 
a chance to revolutionize our database. We want to do this process here. And it's, I said the first thing, like make a list of 20 people, uh, have them with you all the time. Um, my own personal story is some of the most successful experiences I've had or outcomes have not come from all the people I've known. They've come from specific people. Uh, this this has happened over and over again. So your ability to curate, to be intentional, to look at your 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 area, and I think for, uh, Cleve, you said this: who wants to have greater influence? You know that person you put on the list may not be a buyer or a seller or a lawyer or an investor. They could be the executive director for a um, a nonprofit that you care about. And when we think about creating influence in a marketplace, you know, and I said, what's the value you could bring to, to all relationships, your network, your knowledge, and showing you care, you know, that list can include people that you know that you could provide that exchange of value for. Um, I hadn't thought as hard about how important it is to think about value first, even though I've heard it uh, every Friday for eight years uh, on coach training calls. Uh, but when I looked at my journal and I saw I was stuck with my own personal stink, stinking thinking, I said, you know, I remember the movie, um, was this movie in the 80s. Oh yeah, we're not gonna take it. Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Silly movie, but the idea was, you know, I'm just not gonna take it anymore. The, the whole idea is like, well, let's take control of it. And when you create a list of 20 people that have a chance of having great impact for your business, uh, you're taking control of the destiny and the outcome of your business. And oh, yes, you do need to manage that through your CRM. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some other steps here. Cleve, what are you thinking? Sorry, I got a little frog in my throat there. So go ahead and okay. finish the rest of the step. Let's make sure everybody understands what we're asking okay. them to do. And we'll kind of get into some of the tools and resources that we're going to give them to be able to do it. All right, perfect. Okay, so like the first step, like I said, is have this list of 20 people. Uh, keep, keep it with you to attempt one daily outreach. That list should be with you all the time. And so you could use your CRM to put a label in there. You know, you can call it what you want, super 20. It could be any of the things you'd like it to be, but have that list with you all the time. The other thing is once you get a two-way communication, so a two-way communication, they you're not making an attempt to outreach them, asking them for anything. You should be making an outreach to this individual to validate them, share that what share some contacts you have, some context that you have in common, and then offer an opportunity for just some simple engagement. But it it can't be like a high demand because you haven't earned the trust yet. Your goal is just to establish a two-way conversation so that you have a chance to put them in the top of your funnel where you have a, to now conclude them in that value exchange. And then the fourth thing is this creating re reciprocal relationship. I think that just has to do with the same thing I mentioned here. Uh, you, you always want to have relationships where you're adding value. I'm doing my hand in a circle here. Uh, there's a law. Yeah, anyway, we want to add value. And then last part here is if you're unable to reach reach someone, replace them. So when you have this list of 20 people, think of this routine, call one person a day. So, you know, we think about uh, daily success habits in three, two, one, one more thing, one more time, make reaching out to one of the people on that list of 20, the thing you do one more time, one more thing, one more time. 
And if you don't reach them, move them to the bottom of the list, the next they call someone else. And you keep so, that process up all year. Yes, sir. So Jim Frago, I got a question for you. If I asked you, hey, do you can you think of three or four people uh, that if you were into flow, into a relationship that was a back and forth relationship, that they might be able to uh, help your business? Could you think of three or four people? I don't want to know those people, but could you think of three or four people? Can you unmute, Jim? Do you, do you, can, you, can you unmute? Awesome. Thank you. I think it would be pretty easy if we're just talking about four, three or four people at first. Right. And again, we're going to 20, which might seem a little overwhelming. Um, but there are so many people, there are builders, there are people who are heads of boards or charities or, or something that we know that we wish we could have a deeper relationship. And this is what Joe is talking about is how we're building our database with people who can be significant contributors to the success of our business. Uh, Chamber of Commerce would be an easy place to go to. Would be a wonderful talk about somebody who knows everybody. And what Joe is saying is you must be in service to them before they will ever be in service to you. So the recipro reciprocal relationship is they'll serve you after you serve them. Gurpreet, or Gurpreet, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, is this process for prospecting or lead engagement. This is for neither of those. This is for taking people in a highly strategic way and adding them to your database and building relationships with them that can then help you generate way more opportunities to do business long-term. And I did see the request to put the list back up. So let me throw that back up there for everybody. Yeah, include something to add here. Verl has said this. Okay, finding leads, easy. Converting leads, work. Yep. Now, identifying key contributors, you know, curating the best of lists. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm working with a client who is an investor. And the whole point is, you know, he's trying to work a database that's massive. And I said, hey, let's 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 change our perspective on this and let's look like who are the people you know that are most likely to be able to do multiple opportunities with you? Who are the people that would see what you have as most valuable? And what we would come up with is if we can add two or three uh, investors who buy one or two properties a year, every year, you know, this, you know, Nick Payne's did this at Coach Training. Uh, this is going to, this could transform your business for forever because those people are in the market for 10, 12, 15 years. And so just being intentional. And when we think about the time it takes for this program, it's 20 because if you look at a month, there's five days in a week, four weeks in a year, one person a day. Where's the work, the real work? The real work in this program is taking the time to curate your message because what's so important with this outreach, this outreach needs to be personal. This outreach needs to, to come from somewhere. And because what the people are looking at this outreach that they're going to be saying to themselves, okay, is being in relationship with you going to be successful for me? Is it going to be worth me knowing you? Uh, can you really do what you say that you can do? Those are the questions they're trying to answer. And you have to do the best you can with this 20-person curated list to go, okay, what do I know about them? And the places we find out about what we can know about someone, we can go to LinkedIn. Are they going to share things on Facebook? You know, if someone is having some fun on TikTok, you know, great. 
because whatever you can do to create context to reach into a person, validate who they are, um, share that you've seen the work that they've done and say, hey, we have some things in common. You, you start to create uh, uh, openings for more connection. What can't you be in a hurry? And it's clear, I gotta share this. It's just a simple story. I made sausage and salami this past weekend for the first time from scratch. And uh, we did our, we did like Polish sausage, Italian sausage, spicy Italian. But the last thing we did was salami. We did salami. And salami takes a lot of work. Like it's this big table, a hundred pounds of pork and salt and pepper. And we got these gloves on, we're working it. You got to get it really thin and you end up putting it in this special uh, tube. I forget what they, how it's called, but we put it in a special tube, you fill it up. You have to make sure there's no air in it. You got to tie it tight. And then how long does it take to have salami? Five months. Why am I telling this story? Uh, to build relationships takes time. You can't cure meat overnight. And, uh, but being intentional with this list is like making your own, it's not coffee, salami. I did not know I would tell this story. It's like making your own salami. You know, you got to put in the work, lay the foundation, hang the meat up, and then do your time to ensure it's curing properly. properly. But what will you be guaranteed on the end? You'll be guaranteed relationships will pay dividends for years. Love it. That's such a great story uh, to help us all understand that, look, things that uh, are going to be really beneficial to us long term, they really take a lot of time. Joe, you prepared a couple of resources <clears throat> that you're going to give away. Those of you who are workman clients currently, you will already have a good understanding of what you're looking at. And you're looking at one tab on the AMP scorecard. And this is the CRM scorecard. And it asks about 25 different questions that you'll give a yes or no answer to. And based on the yes or no answer, you'll give yourself a score of zero to five or zero to 10. And it allows you to take what you're doing currently with your CRM. And it allows you to determine where you're falling short in areas that are most important. In other words, where do I need to spend my time? So for those of you who don't have anything like this, you're going to get it as a free download. You definitely want to get this and you want to immediately, immediately complete that. And then Joe has created, and I'll let you tell everybody about it, Joe. We've got about six minutes left in the webinar, uh, but I'll let you tell everybody about this direct outreach program, which is really what you've been talking about. These are the steps you use to build a significant relationship with 20 people who you want to have relationships with that you know would be strategically important to your business. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's just a step-by-step -step process that fits exactly what's in the AMP scorecard. Uh, we have an idea, what's it called? Um, um, operational excellence. And so no matter where you start, you need to do an assessment. Okay, where am I at right now? Like, you know, set your GPS and you're going to have some yeses, you're going to have some no's. And so your first goal with this list of walking through these items here is, is walk yourself through executing each one of the steps. This is really a step-by-step -step execution that, that you'll go through. So when you can answer yes to there, and then you start going from zero to one, zero to 10, the idea is to just start working your way up where you can go, yes, I do have a list of 20 people within my industry that I like to develop relationships with. Yes, I do. I'm not going to read the whole next line. You get your yeses, and then you start evaluating the quality of that list with that score on the other side, and you just work your way through it. Uh, 
we know what to do, but we just need to do it. Having a checklist and leaning into an assessment process that we do with, with ourselves or with someone we trust is going to allow us to see what the gaps are. And when we look at growing our business, you know, throw perfection out the window, like I said, it's like, okay, if I'm a zero today, what needs to happen to go to a one? And uh, you start to create those action items. Like, what is the doing that needs to be done so I can take this zero and turn it into a one? And so that's that's that program. And we're going to give that away um, so that you can just jump right in and get that process started of building relationships that are going to serve you and your clients uh, for forever. I mean, this is this is powerful stuff. You're muted, Cleve. Thank you. My system was telling me and you were telling me, and I appreciate both of you doing that. I just wanted to make sure that everybody's clear on what you were talking about. It allows this form allows you to evaluate yourself today and then evaluate yourself 90 days from now and evaluate yourself 90 days from then and evaluate yourself 90 days from then so you can see progress. So, Stephanie, as a leader of a brokerage, my guess is that you spend a lot of your time in frustration because we can't get people to make the progress that they want to make. And it's just the nature of the beast. And the reality is that normally there's just no continuity. There's no one step building on the last step. And if you get where you use something like that, it will absolutely positively help you do that. You and everybody at your brokerage do that. So um, those are the, the two resources that you have available to you. You can get those absolutely free. All you need to do is uh, scan the QR code, take a picture of the QR code, or you can go to workmansuccess.com forward slash revolution, and you will get the full AMP scorecard with your focus being the CRM management tab and um, the, um, you know, the strategy for really building the relationship for uh, those 20 people that is unique to that form. So it's the only AMP scorecard that we have that actually has that. And then you'll get an outline of the direct outreach strategy, which is from a book called Book Yourself Solid by a gentleman named Michael Port. Mike, uh, Joe, anything else you want to add there? You know, what I want to say is have the best year ever. Have the best year ever. Take take control of your CRM and be intentional with the relationships you're going to build this year. And uh, all, all that there is for you is upside. There's only upside for doing this. And, uh, and that, that's what I want to share. Love that. And let me give some final assignments. Number one, download the AMP scorecard and fully complete the CRM tab. Number two, highlight the five areas with your CRM that need your attention and effort first. If, for example, you're not categorizing everybody into correct categories for follow-up, you need to focus on that first. Download the direct outreach outline. Select the 20 people for outreach and connect with someone every single day. I think April at the conclusion of the webinar, I believe everybody will get an email that will give them uh, a link to a recording. Is that correct? A recording. So you'll be able to go back and watch this. You'll be able to see the presentation again if you need it. Um, I know, as Joe said just a few minutes ago, it is my hope as well that all of you will have an amazing 2024. And most importantly, I hope you recognize all of you, as I plan to try to do this year, the things that I think that are holding me back. And I realize that I don't have to act the way I think. I can act one way and think a different way and that I never underestimate the importance of doing what I'm supposed to do today in order to see 
like immeasurable improvement over a 30 or 60 or 90 day period. So those are the things that I hope you will focus on this year. And I hope you will build some strong relationships with those 20 people. Thanks to all of you for being here today. Thank you, Joe, for such a great, just a wealth of information today. It was a pleasure to do this with you. And I look forward to doing it with you again sometime soon. All See right. you later, everybody. See you guys. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.